This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to 104.5 The Link on air with Ben Moyer. And in the booth, I've got... Mike Miller. Hello, hello. As always, it is the internet's best only late night call in, phone in, text in, get on the air with talk show uh, with creators and influencers around the web. Before we get into the calls, as always, we've got a quick intro section. And today's intro section sounds like introspection when you say it that fast. So, a little bit, yeah. Segment, a little, something a like little that. Bit. Yeah, we're, um, getting, we're getting introspective here. I don't want to. Uh, I'm I'm slightly sick. I'm still wearing my work shirt. I drove into the office. It was back to back meetings. It's been crazy. I'm in the booth with a collar. You're never going to see this again. Um, <laughs> Dressed up for the occasion. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, intro subject is. Favorite concert? Favorite concert. Yeah. Most memorable. Whatever you want to go with. Most memorable. Um, all right. So this is way, way back when I'm a kid. It's probably like 12, 13 years old, something like that. And I, I, I think I, I started listening to punk music because I had some friends who got me into it when I was younger. And one of the local bands uh in grand rapids michigan where i grew up was a ska punk band named mustard plug and they still play actually and it was so cool this is when they were like in their prime and i just remember being like you know four foot tall and they could just like people in the crowd could just fling you up like you weighed nothing and you could actually crowd serve without crushing everyone <laughs> and I ended up on stage and I jumped back in and then I got pushed back onto the stage and I jumped around and yeah, they were nice. great. They were great. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about the ska piece. I mean, like I personally nothing against ska, but like it is it is a very hit or miss genre for me, for sure. It can be. It definitely can be. Yeah. A lot of ska like i I think it just goes for just being fun, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I could, I'd get behind that. 
So, do you know the band Twenty One Pilots? They're a very not well known band at all. Kidding, um, obviously. Yeah, they're the they 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 made it like pretty mainstream, right? Like they were one of the big. They and they ended up being like a pretty big pop band. Weirdly, weirdly enough. Yeah. So when they just started out, though, they were in Columbus, Ohio, and I was going to school about forty minutes south of Columbus, Ohio, at the time. They played at my school, like in just the entryway of the school. And I missed that concert, but my friends went to Waffle House with them afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is like on the way into to school, just like, hey, everybody, come on in, or like yeah, after, so like, just like it was a my college. It... it was just like one of the entryways that just set up like a makeshift like stage, and yeah. they had like a performance, and it was in, in their skeleton hoodies, and we're jumping around and going, yeah, berserk. Um, That's kind of fucking rad. Like they knew exactly who their audience was that they were going for and they were like fuck it we're just going right where they are we're just gonna play on a, you can't avoid them every single one of their concerts i've been to is, is the best concert that i've ever been to hands down their their energy is unmatched um but the best one was i was at a cincinnati reds game right that's the baseball team i'm not yeah. i don't play sports ball i don't know these uh, things right yeah, yeah. No, but anyways I, think... I was so i was in cincinnati with my buddy who like Fun fact, used to run, like, drugs and uh, guns up and down the East Coast for a gang. Uh, turned his life around. It's bro. Uh, <laughs> but we're at this game, and we leave the game, and we're just wandering around, like, around Cincinnati, and we hear this music. So we follow this music, and we just wind up at this, out like, outdoors amphitheater, and 21 Pilots is just performing for some reason. And so we're just like, yo, can we go in? And they're like, yeah, there's room, sure. So they just, like, let us in, and that was... Probably one of the most fun Twin Pilots concerts I've been to. It was amazing. That's so sick. They're like a legendary, just show up out of nowhere. We're going to be at this spot playing type Dude, band. Dude, before they got big, they had, I mean, they still have a cult following, but there's a reason they got so big. It's because of how, like, first of all, their music's fantastic, but also because of the cult following they had. It was good. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. That's insane. That's super awesome. All right. Well, with that, we're going to send you guys into the music here. We're going to open up the phones. Song you're going to be listening to is Don't Want to Be Dead Anymore by, and let me read this name because I'm going to get it wrong, is Coma Svensson featuring Van Syke. And with that, give us a call if you're driving through town, especially if you happen to be in the music content creation space. That's the vibe we're in tonight. So we want to hear from you. Then we have a caller on line 40. 
that's an that's a new one, Mike. I gotta go down this board a bit to find number forty. All right, bringing them in, fading out the music. All right, caller, you're on air with Ben Moyer at 104.5 The Link. Who's calling in today? Long time, first time. Uh, Finn McKenty here from the Punk Rock NBA. No way, Finn, Finn Mc, like wow, the Finn McKenty. I'm so that's crazy. I have been a huge fan forever. Watch what are the odds? Stuff. I, I don't know, world. man. It's, it's crazy. We love having people call in here. Um, you is this is the morning zoo. God damn it. All right. We got to <laughs> cut oh, him. Mike, I, got, cut I him. got the wrong, I got Mike the wrong number. Him. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you've done, you've done quite a bit though. You've been, everybody probably knows you for the Pop Rock NBA, but you've done a lot of like product and marketing for some big name brands. And I think you were part of some sort of like music label back in the day, right? Or some sort of training program or something with uh, musicians. Uh, well, I've done, I've spent, um, the past 10 years making education products for musicians. I worked at a company called Creative Live, which is like a Silicon Valley company that's online education for creative people, uh, primarily photographers and graphic designers. But then when I joined the company, uh, I started making, uh, sort of expanded into music. And so I was there for four years and did a bunch of stuff with bands that people might know about, like converge and periphery and between the buried and me and dillinger escape plan and stuff like that um and then uh i left that in 2017 um to be a partner in the company that i'm currently with which is called urm academy and we do similar kind of stuff we teach people how to record music and we've worked with uh lots i don't know we probably have like 150 bands or something on now like fallout boy and breathing the horizon and nickelback and gojira and lamb of god and lots and lots more i can't remember but yeah so i've i've been making education products um for about the past 10 years that's crazy that's yeah that's a that's a lot it's a lot and i can't even imagine running one successful youtube let alone two and an instagram and you're kicking off your linkedin it's been popping off recently i've seen which is nice congrats over there yep i mean i have the the reason i'm able to do that is because i hire people to help me so I have one editor for my main channel, which is, uh, his name is Tim, and he's great. I have another uh, editor for my second channel named Evan, who is awesome. And then I have someone else, so her name is Ant, who does my shorts and TikToks and all that stuff. So uh, definitely would not be able to do all that on my own. So delegation is definitely the key. Yeah. we. Were, I was going to ask some questions about that. Like, how do you create so much content at such a high quality? Um, makes a lot of sense that you have the editor is doing a lot of the stuff there. What what about like uh, um, topics and the process for making the content? Are you, do you storyboard it? Do you write it all down? Like for my main channel videos, I script everything. Um, For my second channel, those are all Twitch highlights. I don't really do much to prep for those because I'm pretty good at just BSing off the cuff, I guess at this point. So I might do a little bit of like prep for that, but not very much. Um, and then all my uh, reels and TikToks and stuff are just edited versions of my other content. And with Ant, she's awesome because I don't give her any direction as far as like what to pick or what to edit. Like I just, she just makes two of them a week for me and and that's that. And I've known her for like 10 years. So she knows me very well. And she also admins my Discord as well. So you know, the reason why she, some the point there is that the reason why she's able to work with me like that is because 
we know each other very well, like on a personal level. She knows the type of taste you're going for with the content. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. How, okay. I was just going to say Discord. Discord is, I feel, some people love it. Some people, the creators really lean into it. It's a huge place for them of creativity and, and interacting with their fans. And, and some people have don't even know that Discord is a thing. Yeah. Um, which always surprises me when they're huge creators have never touched the Discord. Um, where, where do you land on that spectrum? I've actually never been in yours. Uh, I think Discord is awesome. I mean, I've been a fan of, I guess, I mean, fan isn't even the right word. I've been into what I would call threaded discussion in one form or another on the internet since the 90s. There was a thing back then called Usenet, which most people, unless you're like a total turbo nerd, you've never even heard of Usenet. But like before, before like AOL, you know, message boards and stuff, there was Usenet. Um, AOL message boards are basically like their version of Usenet. And uh, so I was on that in like 94, I think, is when I started uh, on that. And and to me, Discord is just the the evolution of that. I like Reddit a lot too. I mean, that's kind of my thing is I like threaded text-based discussion. Uh, I don't actually really like video content that much, um, but obviously, you know, most people do. But yeah, so I think there's just a fundamental human sort of desire to have like text-based discussions like this and discord happens to be the current platform where that's happening the most i'm, I'm cracking up because mike is making a, a video like it's a video discussion app which is hilarious <laughs> <laughs> oh i think it's great i think that's a great idea um i'd yeah. be interested to hear more um I, I, just for me personally and, and for a lot of people and you know it's not either or because you know you're not going to get in a video chat when you're in line at the grocery store, unless you're one of these people that yeah. FaceTimes at Target who should be boiled alive. <laughs> um, but, you know, other than that, you know, it's a, the different use cases. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Yeah, the, the FaceTime on the subway thing and the, the Target is is You brutal. should be thrown off the train. Or like yeah. the parents that still have the clickety-clack on the keyboard for the iPhone. Like <laughs> <Right>. every, <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's different use cases, right? Like, Reddit is great to share ideas asynchronously and, um, you know, bounce in and out and stuff like that. Whereas a conversation like this, this is way more synchronous, you know, like you have somebody's attention or they have your attention and it's hard to run away unless you click yep. end the call. But also much, you know, higher friction to get someone to commit to it and all that. So, so they're just, they're just different. I'll tell you what I don't think is going anywhere is uh, in, in a in a good way. I mean, I think it's basically a dead end. Is um, asynchronous or sorry, synchronous uh, audio discussions like Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces and stuff. Like they've been trying to make this happen in a lot of different places for a long time, and I just don't think anybody wants that. Well, I shouldn't say anybody. I I don't think it is a venture scale opportunity. Let's put it that way. It's a rough experience, even from the user perspective, a lot of times. And it's so much, it's so much focus and attention, like hyper attention for long periods of time, which is the exact opposite direction that the majority of anything is going. So yeah, right. yeah it feels a lot friends. like a, it feels a lot like when you watch like a conference where like somebody sits in front of like a big audience, like a Twitter that space. Was, and it's yeah. like, you have no visualization of it. Um, Right. It's either that or you get people just like fighting each other. I've right. seen that too. Just like fights on Twitter spaces and you have like a hundred people just like listening to people fight each other. Yeah. That definitely uh and a hundred people is not that much. 
No. So that's like, no. you know, best case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, like, like when fucking Ben Horowitz got, you know, all these rappers oh, yeah. to go on Clubhouse and stuff. And that was like the best case scenario is you could hear 21 Savage, you know, yelling at someone. And then someone would just re screen record that and put it on YouTube. And that's where everybody would consume it because I just don't think people want to passively listen to live audio. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a hundred percent here. Uh, bringing it back to the content a bit here. So I was going to ask you when you really started getting into content, but I know from some of your videos, you were making like zines all the way back in high school. Right. So, I mean, yep. has there ever been a time you weren't producing content in your life? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I did zines in high school and then I did some blogs after that. I mean maybe maybe like for a year here and there or something, but but that's it. Um I did blogs after that when blogging started, you know, to replace zines and then after YouTube replaced blogging, I started doing that. So um you know, my sort of thought has always been you skate where the puck is, you know. Yeah. And you mentioned really enjoying threaded discussions. Is I mean, is that still one of your favorite ways to interact and make content, or have you kind of found a place? I know you make a lot of video content now, but yeah, like what was kind of your what was the sweet spot? Where you're like, wow, this was awesome. Was it was it blogging? Was writing kind of where you? Well, there's a difference between what I would choose to consume and what I make. You know what I mean? Like in my free time, the thing I look at more than anything else by far is Reddit. Like I look at that. Yeah, you know many many times a day what what areas of reddit are you going through like what is it what content do you consume that, that's not what i expected i expected you to um, be like yeah i'm looking at other you know kind of short documentary creators and stuff like that no. on youtube but no um personal finance um investing startups product management that kind of stuff yeah i don't really consume any kind of music content you know in my free time not even, not even our boy Fantano. You're not on the needle drop. No, Every he's time he's he... great. I just, I like, I literally don't even listen to music, really. Oh other man. Than, so know. where did this, where did the punk stuff come from? Is this just like you grew up listening to punk music and you're like, fuck it, I, I want to make content about this. Like, how did this start? Uh, well, like back in the day when I was a kid, uh, or like on YouTube. Oh, we just mean like you know you mentioned you don't even you don't even really listen to music anymore. Like, where did the yeah. punk rock NBA come from? Like, yeah. what was the inspiration for? Well, originally I wanted to talk about business, which is sort of you know the thing I'm kind of more interested in. Um, but turns <laughs> out nobody gave a shit when I talked about that, <laughs> and I said, well, I know how to talk about because you know I had music blogs and stuff for years, so I was like, well, I definitely know how to talk about music. Let me try that because um, I just wanted to build an audience on YouTube. It wasn't as important to me what the topic is. I just wanted to see if I could do it, you know? And I started talking about music and then instantly things got, you know, got a lot more traction. I was like, okay, well, I guess this is what people want from me. And, and in hindsight, that makes sense for a lot of reasons. Number one, because especially at that time, why would somebody necessarily listen to me talk about business? I had some, you know, accomplishments that I think are pretty cool, but maybe not cool enough that people would, you know, view me as any sort of authority, number one. And number two, in hindsight, there's actually nobody on YouTube that talks about business in a sophisticated way that has like a big audience. Yeah. 
I, I don't you've been on LinkedIn for a while. I mean, you know this now. You you don't actually have to have any experience or knowledge to just spew shit on LinkedIn no. at this point. But you <laughs> but there's some smart people on there and like Oh, absolutely. There's a very big difference. Like if you want to have like a an actually thoughtful conversation about business, LinkedIn is going to be the best place to do it. Um and so I, I do like reading LinkedIn a lot. If you follow the right people, you know, you can find a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah, I just yeah, we run so we're we run in the SaaS circles, right? That's where right. we're at right now. And like it is there is just a cesspool that you can get in and of circle jerking on LinkedIn where it's yes. just echo chambers and echo chambers. It's it's like as bad as Reddit in some places. Yeah, just, but I mean that's yeah. that's the case anywhere, but at least, you know, I, I I mean that's just sort of the nature of the beast with online communities and you have to just put in the effort to find the good ones. Um and, you know, like with Reddit, I mean, so much of Reddit is just a rich guy, bad circle jerk, and it makes me want to throw myself on a sword, you know, <laughs> just like everybody. Just, oh, my God. OK, I get it. America's awful. Capitalism is terrible. Anybody that has any more money than you is a horrible person. I get it. So, you know, you just have to, like, stay out of those. Stay out of those communities and find the ones that aren't, you know, quite so crazy and dumb. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing with LinkedIn. There's a lot of really smart people there sharing a lot of really, you know, thoughtful frameworks and stuff like that. And, you know, that absolutely know their shit. Those are the people that I, you know, pay attention to. Nice. Yeah, there's, I've definitely made some of my best connections, obviously, in business through LinkedIn. So it is definitely a place to be. You mentioned you just kind of have to find the communities and foster the communities that you're, you know, that aren't as degenerate, I guess is the word. Yeah. How... (laughs) How how has your experience been with your audience and the Discord and you know I assume you have two very different audiences between the business and the punk rock MBA stuff but how has yeah. how have you managed that? Um, well, I mean, I still get people spamming me about their band on LinkedIn, which is insane to me. But um, like That's in all awesome. seriousness, one thing, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome from a comedy perspective. It's not awesome. <laughs> Somebody sent me. God, I wish I had it to show you, but like somebody sent me like a screenshot. He's like, this is my son's metal band. I think you might like it. And the cover art was like a cow's ass with like somebody crawling out of it, holding like a knife. And I'm like, what in God's name made you think that this was like, if you send me that on Instagram, that's bad enough. But like, what in God's name? And he's whatever, you know, senior manager of supply chain at whatever. <laughs> what possessed you to think that this was like a good idea? And it's like that you could just, you're like, I know who your manager is. It's like you're two <laughs> right. clicks away from me right. just talking to your manager. You're like, hey, Nick, just so you know, you know, <laughs> your supply chain guy is sending me this weird ass shit. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but like in all seriousness, what I have realized and, and I don't want anybody to take this as this might sound like a shitty thing to say, but it's just a statement of fact, or I believe it is a statement of fact. The majority of people who participate in online conversations, less so on LinkedIn of all platforms, which is the reason why I like it, but in particular on places like YouTube and Reddit um, are mentally ill of some kind or like, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Like normal, like, I mean, do you go leave comments on YouTube videos? Yeah, you're you're right. That's you know sometimes it, de- it depends on the video. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not like saying yeah. it's like yeah, an but absolute, Mike, Mike but, has like, a mental illness though, so that's okay. That's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've just noticed this, and in particular, like there is just a lot of autism out there, you know, in the comments and stuff like that. Um, so I have just sort of realized that uh, you're not, and, and especially the larger your audience gets, the more of that you see. So you're not going to have like a lot of thoughtful engagement when you're getting hundreds of thousands of views on a video it's just not going to happen you're getting the bigger the audience is the worse the signal to noise ratio is basically um and it, you just get a lot of really unhinged people um that that are commenting now there, there's lots of you know stable normal people that watch and probably love it and and aren't don't comment because like they that's just not what they're going to do with their time so I guess to answer your question, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of weird people out there and that just sort of comes with the territory as your audience gets bigger. At the risk of alienating you from your audience, is that true also in your discord or have you found like more thoughtful? Oh, it's definitely true there. Um, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> it's de I mean, I joke with them about it all the time. I I've gotten to the point on my Twitch where I diagnose people with autism in real time. <laughs> Like, just based on their chat, I'm like, hey, genuine question, are you autistic? And they're like, yes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can tell, just so you know. And I, I'm, I'm probably a little bit on the spectrum, too, which is the reason why I can... I, I'm not making fun of it. I'm not putting them down. Like, none of... Like, you guys are laughing, but I'm not... I just want to be clear for anybody watching or listening to this. Like, I'm not... I'm not laughing at these people. Like, it, it just... I, I can just spot the patterns so easily now that I say, hey, are you autistic? I say this on my Discord all the time too, because someone will come in there acting in a certain way and I'm like, okay, I think I know what's going on here. I'm like, are you are you autistic? And they say, yes, why? They say, well, just so you're aware, the way that you're coming off right now is the following. Like, you're welcome here, but please don't, you know, please stop doing this. And they're like, okay. That's actually a really mature kind of way and response of handling some of the off the rocker yeah. uh, or not not off the rocker people but like the people who are acting that way right yeah because i don't think autistic people are off the rocker yeah um, it's it's the presentation like you said it's just a different across. it's a different style of cognition that's all it is it's like you're watching a different movie and i say this is somebody that like i have to like put um i, I have to put continuous conscious effort into the way i speak and act at all times, 24-7, all the time, because if I don't, I'm going to come off probably in a way that, you know, I don't want to. Um, and yeah. so I, I don't think that they're off their rocker. I think that they just sometimes maybe, you know, just like I have need, uh, there's been many times in my life where I've needed someone to kind of like nudge me back, you know, uh, back in, in the guardrails, you know, that's what they need sometimes. And if they can't handle it, then, you know, then they got to go. Because even if I'm compassionate and I understand why they are the way they are, you know, uh, you got to, you got to set boundaries in communities or else things are going to go off the rails. Yeah. Anonymity is a double-edged sword too, you know, yes. like pe people can just say whatever they want without, you know, any real repercussion if they can hide behind a username and a you know, right, Reddit profile right. and especially when it comes to, you know, the kind of music that I talk about, you know, being like punk rock and metal and stuff like that. 
Um, I actually read a really interesting piece of research, which confirms all this. It was from a psychology journal. I forget which one, but it's on PubMed if you want to look it up. It's called, called Cognitive Styles and Musical Preferences, I think. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And basically what it talks about is, um, <laughs> you're you're laughing, but I'm not. I'd like. No, to- no. I'm, I'm going to explain why I'm laughing. I'm okay. laughing because I'm diagnosed as like uh, high-functioning ADHD, pretty bad ADHD. And then I'm also pretty sure I'm a bit on the spectrum as well. And I yes. fall into a certain music category. And I know exactly where you're going. Exactly. And my wife is a music theory major, and she gives me shit constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically what this study says is there's like S-type and E-type cognitive styles. S-type is like system systems, that, you know, whatever it is. And E is like empathizing. And as you would expect, people with like an E-type cognitive style listen to Taylor Swift, and people in S-type cognitive style listen to Slayer, you know, um, to make a long story short. Uh, so, you know, basically it's, you know, there's like academic research to support the things that I'm saying here. It's not me. People think I'm just like stereotyping and, and I'm not. Yeah. No, I believe yeah. it. There is, there's a guy who had crazy ADHD that I worked with at one point in time. And I was like, what kind of music do you listen to? And it was like, you know, Norwegian black metal style, yeah. like super hardcore, like, no, like. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh revisiting classic material talking about the new classics um all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that that you either love want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so triangulate your speaker's Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind podcast. It, Sensory overload. Yes. It fires enough yeah. receptors. Okay. Exactly. That's the it's thing. stimming. It's a form of stimming. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's why I have like a Diet Coke with yes. some caffeine. I yep. found out I self medicate. A little bit of grindcore every now and then. It's all right. You know, but. <laughs> Just not, a dash. Not, when I'm when I'm writing code, I code during the day. When I write code, it's not typically the thing I'm listening to. See, when I used to write code, I would just listen to death to death metal all the time for that exact reason that like basically if like you've raised the ambient level of stimulation, it actually like calms your brain if you, you know, have the type of brain that I do. Do you do you know who Dr. K is on Twitch the like a healthy gamer? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he he's had like some really 
really helpful explanations on a lot of that stuff about how like the the threshold of sensory and everything to help me yeah. figure that those pieces of myself out. It's like, yep. oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I'm this way. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, I thought you were I thought you were going to take it down the path of how degenerate the like pop punk was uh, ten years ago with their um, their female obsession and their breakups and how ridiculous that was. Oh, <laughs> that was the same types of degenerate people that wind up in the community. So. No, no, no. And again, I like I, I, I would never refer to autistic people as degenerate. I, I, right. I don't, I don't believe that. Clarify all that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. I think you know the, you know, butthurt, misogynist, you know, lyrics or whatever to me a, a totally you know different category of thing. That, yeah, that's that's why I thought we were going there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I don't get any of that in my Discord. It's just like well-meaning autistic people. That's all. I take those over the butthurt misogynists every day. So that's fantastic. yeah. No, they they just want to go in there and like talk about metal all the time, which is totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna ask because uh, we have the the punk rock NBA here. Do you think punk is dead? I I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That was about what Ben expected the answer I'm to be. I'm clipping it. I'm clipping it. We had, we put had like. The, put it with the thing before it too. Yeah. Literally before he was like, I'm going to ask him if he thinks Pug is dead. He's going to tell you that he doesn't fucking care in the shut up, Mike. That's what he's going to tell listen, you. When I work out in the morning, I listen to SAS podcasts. No, no, <laughs> no. My dreams have been ruined. No, I'm just kidding. What's SAS podcast? To, I, I, well, this morning I listened to uh, Equity, the TechCrunch podcast. With my man uh, Alex Wilhelm, who I was thrilled when he followed me on Twitter. That was like one of the proudest moments of my life because I've been a fan of of his for many years. I love this dichotomy of like, you know, you you built this persona of like the punk rock NBA. You did come up in the punk scene and stuff, yeah. and you're you're just working real hard to get into like I am the tech persona as well. I'm the business. No, persona. I gave up on that. I gave up on it. <laughs> uh, I, people will always think of me as the music person. That's fine. You but know. I'm like, I like grew up on the punk, the pop punk and like, you know, I was like, I'm never going to work a corporate job and now I'm hundred percent corporate. I'm like, how do I get back? How do I get out of the fact that I make business systems? <laughs> I, I always wanted to have, I always wanted to have just like a normal nine to five corporate job, but I just, they never, you know, I just, they didn't want me. So I've had to do things the hard way, which I wish I didn't. I would much rather just have like a normal nine to five job and, you know, like, just be a fucking senior manager at Microsoft or something like that, but it just... And then you could have been DMing people like yourself pictures of your son's metal band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, uh, I'm just, uh, I, I don't, I mean, music is not really the central thing in my life, but I understand that, you know, uh, I'm I'm definitely wired differently than the rest of the world, that's for sure. So, you know, for other people, uh, you know, they go to work at their SAS job and dream about music, and I do the opposite. So, sounds like some burnout. Going some on. what? Some burnout. Like you're a little burnt burnout? out on the. Yeah. Are you getting burnt out on it? On what? On music? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it's like anything else. You, you, you I, I just put on my my product manager hat of like, you know, you, you make you make the thing that people want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, if you run a restaurant and people like the hamburger, you don't tell them you're burnt out on hamburgers and no. stop making it. But you're probably, you might be, you might be sick of making the hamburgers, but you'll still make it. Yeah. Them. Yeah. 
Well, I, you know, that's, it's, I, I don't, I, I am a product person like through and through and I always have been because, you know, I mean, that's what I've been doing for a career for the past 20 years. So, you know, it, it's just not, uh, it, it's just not an option to make the thing you want to make. You know what I mean? Like it, that's, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's just, I will never see the world that way as like an artist sees it of like, oh, I'm on a mission to, you know, make this thing I want to make and bring it to life because the world needs this thing that's inside me. You know, this is not how my brain works. It's like my job is like to figure out what people want and then make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's a, it's a version of that, right? I mean, it's a version of the thing inside you is making something that people want and doing a good job at it, right? That's yes. your yes. your version of that, right? Yes. I mean, well, I mean, I, yeah, but it's different because it's not motivated by a desire to like express myself. I just want money. <laughs> you know? Truthful. No, for real. I mean, I no, grew yeah, up poor. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah. When yeah. I was 34, yeah. everything I owned fit in six fucking boxes. No, I... I hear you, man. I hear you. I was making under 30K a year for majority, like, while I was having a kid and was like, oh, fuck. That's scary shit. Yeah, that's why I'm corporate now. <laughs> that's why I make business systems now. It's scary <laughs> shit, you know? Yeah. And and if other people want to be purists and, you know, uh, just make art for the sake of art, that's totally cool. And I respect that. And, like, a lot of really brilliant people think that way, and that's cool. Uh, but it's not me, you know? Well, I don't want to end this on a, you know, a completely realistic downer note. Not necessarily <laughs> I don't think downer. It's a down- <laughs> not downer, I think it's but, freeing. I yeah. think it's freeing to like, you know, uh, I, I feel bad for people who, and I know a lot of people like this, a lot of like YouTubers and stuff that are my friends that are like kind of tortured because like, you know, they just really... They, they can't just do the thing that people want. You know what I mean? And it, and it, it's, it, and it, it like causes them like distress and anguish. Whereas I don't have that. It's like, I mean, I worked on a lot of like laundry care stuff for PNG. I did like a lot of stuff for like Swiffer and Tide and stuff like that. Balanced fabric softener. Um, I had never bought fabric softener in my life when I worked on Bounce, but I don't need to. You know, I don't, I never cared about laundry. I don't think the design managers there cared about laundry either, but I don't have to, like, it's just fun and interesting to me to like, try to solve a problem. That's what I like to do. So, okay. So the, the balance project that I did, we had to, to make a long story short, improve the package a little bit. And, um, because balance at the time, I don't know what it is now, but at the time balance was selling 400 million units a year. So if we added one cent of cost to that box, you got to multiply that by 400 million units. They got to write a $4 million check, which they're prepared to do, but you need to justify why you want to add one cent of cost to that box. That's interesting and fun to me. The, like, I don't need to be passionate about the product category. I, like you said, I just like to solve a problem. And like, to me, like getting people to give you their time and money, that's fucking hard. And so to me, that's like the ultimate like challenge. If you can make something that people like so much that they will give you time or money for it, 
I think that's pretty cool. That's fun to me is like just cracking that code. So I, it's not like me giving up and just cynically being like, oh, whatever. It's just like that is a an interesting challenge to me. Much more so like I can make something that I think is cool, but who gives a shit? It's to me much more interesting to make something that you think is cool. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I think you were talking about your friends who are tortured and like between the, the two. I, f- I feel like the issue there is that they've tied the income piece to the art piece, right? Like if you can separate them, which is a lot of what I've done, right? I, I was a fine arts major, a wood print that I've carved in my back, right? But it's like when I separated them and income became, I'm just going to do what gives me money so that I can feed my family. And yeah. then if I have extra time, I'll Great. go make art that I yeah. want to make, which is awesome. But when you tie them together, it's it's just unlimited stress. It's it's very difficult. Unless you're one of the people who just happens to have like the amazing overlap of the thing that that I am passionate about making also happens to be a thing that the market highly values. Awesome. If you're one of those people, then hats off to you. But uh, you know, there's not it's a lot one of in that. a million. Yeah, if everybody the, everybody can't yeah. be that. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's less than one in a million. That's like, you know, one in 10 million. Yeah, I have no idea what the scale is. I can't visualize it, but yeah, Yeah, something something large, something very large. Yeah, I mean, I bet you that there's, (laughs) I, I bet you that there's statistically like a better shot at being like a pro athlete than, you know, being like a YouTuber that makes over 100 grand a year or something like that, you know? I would believe that. Wow. Believe that. There's enough there's enough teams probably. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know. So we're we're kind of messing around that. Well, we're we should wrap this up. Any final thoughts? Yeah, sorry. I don't know no, how long No, you, we, it was like really interesting that I was about to run yeah. into, but like we got to we got to wrap this up. But uh any final thoughts for the listeners? My final thoughts for listeners are make sure you tune in uh, 9 a.m. Pacific uh, for the morning zoo during Monday during drive time. Watch out for brake lights in the 4 or 5 everybody. Heading into the weekend. We've got uh, we've got Mike and Ben heading into the weekend, everybody. Thanks, Ben. We'll see you around. Take care. Thank you. Listeners, look at your favorite creator. Now back to me. Now back at your creator. Now back to me. Sadly, they aren't chatting with you. But if they started using Holler for exclusive video calls, they could be. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You're still listening to the radio, but you could be on a call with your favorite creator. What was that? Back to me. I have it. It's an invite to an exclusive live call with the creator you adore. Look again. The invite is now VIP access. Anything is possible when your creator uses Holler. I'm on a horse. Come back here, listeners. That was Finn McKinty of, well, Finn McKinty fan. I mean fame.
from FinnMcKinty.com, but also Punk Rock NBA. Uh, we found out a lot here. And Mike, I think you were surprised. Yeah, very surprised. He's a businessman. This is the, this is the, the business Finn. Uh, <laughs> punk is dead. It's fucking roasted. <laughs> Not coming back. <laughs> no, the dude... Uh, the dude, the dude was super smart with business. Doesn't care. I think were the exact words. No, Not, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, is dead. Yeah. Um, no, he he took an educated guess on an audience that was wanting content. He saw it very, uh, very supply and demand esque. Um, and the guy, I think, genuinely does like he does like music. We 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 talked to him about some other things uh, on the break and. You know, so it's not like there's entirely no passion or anything, but like he he definitely found an audience that wanted content, and he makes incredibly good content around it. And it was great to to break open and figure out the process and what he what he's into and all that. Yeah, he he didn't dive too much into this. He, I mean, he kind of danced around it a bit, but and I think he sold himself short because he did have a passion, and his passion yeah. was figuring out how to give people exactly what they want in a way that most people will never, that like product marketers dream of, you know, like he has that ability of, I can see a market, I know what the market wants and I can make it to give it to them. And that's what he likes to do. And he likes to solve those problems. And that is an artistic expression, whether he wants to admit to that piece or not, but that is like his thing and he does it well. Um, And it happens to be punk music. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. And he's worked with other bands and he's familiar with the industry. Like he knew what was up. Yeah. Um that was, yeah, a very twisty turny call time. Uh more more than usual, but it was it was fun. It was fun to find out all of the different kind of facets to the jewel that is Finn McKinty over there. Uh thanks again for calling in. With that, listeners, we're gonna send you on your way here. Uh it's all we got time for tonight. But as always, this is the link. Ben Moyer, this is... Mike Miller is my name. Sometimes sometimes he forgets his name. It's okay. <laughs> and we're going to send you on your way with Hello Yellow by... Also going to read this name. Lupus Not featuring Zorro. Oh, it's Zorro again. We like Zorro over oh, here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as always, stay linked, stay inspired, and keep creating. We'll catch you next week. You told me that we better day. And nothing that can pull us under You wanna take the pain away But know that I was born as a fighter We fear, we fear But we're better than that We're better than that I know, you know So why are we holding on, holding on
Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! Down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.